Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let us pray. God of mercy, you promise never to break your covenant with us. Amid all the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Enable us to respond to your gracious promises with faithful and obedient lives. Through Jesus Christ, amen. The scripture today comes from Psalms, chapter 27, verses 4 and 7 through 13. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. Though my father and mother reject me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have heard the word proclaimed in the Old Testament of Psalm 27 in song, in the children's sermon. Listen now again to the story of Mary, Martha, Jesus, and the disciples. May you wonder what is that one thing needed. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed her into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was pulled away by her many tasks. So she stood by Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to do all the serving by myself? Tell her then to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of the Lord. The hurricane season of 2017 was the deadliest in over a decade ever since Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans in 2005. Hurricane Harvey flooded Houston, and Hurricane Irma became the strongest hurricane on record outside of the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean. Hurricane Nate was the worst disaster in Costa Rica's history, 
And Hurricane Ophelia was the easternmost hurricane ever observed, later wrecking havoc in northern Europe. Yet the deadliest storm of them all was Hurricane Maria, going right over the island of Puerto Rico. Overall, there were 10 hurricanes in a row, the most consecutive hurricanes ever observed in the Atlantic. The names Harvey, Irma, Maria, and Nate were all retired due to the amount of devastation and loss of life they caused. Our Lenten theme this week is a messy faith. We live in a messy world. In these turbulent times, from destructive natural disasters to man-made massacres, our faith calls us into the mess to ask those hard questions. How can we hear God's word amidst the chaos? How can we ever witness to the love of God when there is so much death and destruction? I had the opportunity to visit Puerto Rico earlier this month with the support of this church and in conjunction with our campus ministry and our undergrad students from the University of Michigan. With the help of this church, we partnered with the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance to help with the ongoing recovery efforts there in Puerto Rico. They expect to be there for five years as part of the recovery. We were, re we were assigned to rebuild a wooden house destroyed in the hurricane. We spoke with Lisa, the daughter of the people who lived in the house. She found the house utterly destroyed with one room left, the one room made of concrete, the bathroom. It was there she found her parents, and thankfully, they were alive. Yet they were so traumatized by the event, we never met them. But we worked hand in hand to, or with Lisa, as they were some of the lucky ones. For more than 3,000, perhaps four, died either directly or indirectly due to the storm. Power on the island took better of a year to be restored, and it still remains unstable today as it went out several times while we were there. The, st the college students and I worked alongside Lisa and her brother-in-law, Miguel, as we rebuilt her parents' homes with money from FEMA, this time not for wood, but with cinder block. One thing I asked of the Lord, this will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So says the psalmist. One thing this couple asked of the Lord during the storm was simply to survive. One thing they now ask is to live again in their house for the remainder of their days. God willing, by the end of the month, their house will be finished. And amidst the mess, hope and faith emerge. To quote PDA, Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, out of chaos comes hope. So with our hands, we set to work on the house. The women were told to step aside, however, for this was men's work, construction work. We might even think that this is a Puerto Rican culture thing, but we would see it in our own culture today. When we think construction worker, oftentimes a man comes to mind. Yet our students would not be deterred. They quickly proved to everyone, including themselves, that they were up to the task, many of them never having done construction work before, 
as they laid and carried cinder block, mixed and poured cement, doing whatever else was necessary with the instruction of the men, but with the power of their hands. We learned a lot together, and there was mutual gratitude all around. The story in Luke today also has some gender roles and some challenging to those roles. Martha wants Jesus to order Mary back into the house to take care of the household, not only because Martha needs the help, but perhaps because Mary was doing something that most women would not be doing, sitting at the feet of a rabbi. Now, earlier in his book, Luke makes a point of saying that there were women traveling with Jesus, even naming ones like Mary Magdalene, Susanna, and Joanna, along with unnamed women. So in case there was any doubt that they too were also disciples of Jesus, we now find Mary seated at Jesus' feet, learning as a devoted disciple. As Mary sits there, Martha calls Jesus out. You are my guest, Jesus, but my sister, she lives here. And her place is by my side. Pause. Right? So tell her, with all eyes on you, that she should not be sitting at your feet and should be with me, serving, using her hands. The disciples might also have felt Mary's discomfort in themselves. After all, other rabbis of the time were not fond of women being disciples. One is even reported to say, let the law be burned rather than entrusted to a woman. In this moment, we do not hear from Mary, but I ask that you look on her to see her as she cries out like the psalmist. Do not hide your face from me, Lord. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. Nevertheless, she persisted, unmoving, silent, waiting for her teacher to speak. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, says Jesus, yet there is need of only one thing. Only one thing. And what exactly is that, Jesus? It's not entirely clear in the passage, I would argue. But as we unpack it, we look at the context of Luke. Not only was Jesus traveling with female disciples, but, but Jesus had just finished the story of the Good Samaritan, about how we are to love our neighbor, to use our hands to help those in need. Go and do likewise, Jesus says. After this Mary and Martha episode, we go on and receive the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus teaches us the prayer of the heart, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer we say every Sunday. This story of Mary and Martha is between these two poles, to act or to pray, to serve like Martha, or to sit like Mary, to serve like the Samaritan, or sit and pray like the disciples, to be or not to be, to follow Jesus or to fall at his feet. It really is that simple and that hard to do that one thing. 
A former supervisor of me would always remind me as I was having difficult decisions in my ministry that that's the problem with ministry, he said. You're rarely given a choice between good and evil. Those are the blessed choices. Those are the easy ones. The hard ones are between the good and the good. There is always more good to be done. Here is where our faith gets messy. Where one hand wants to go one way and the other wants to go another. Whether we find ourselves left of center or right of center. What holds us? What is the one thing that guides us? The Native American chief Seattle very poetically describes the one thing as all things who share the same breath. Using his words, the beast, the tree, the man, the air shares its spirit with all life that it supports. Breath is our one thing needed. For those of us who are less wise in Seattle or less poetic, one singular goal can simply be what is next. What is next in our lives? Selecting a major, completing the degree, finding the next car, the next job, the next relationship. That one thing needed next. Only one thing becomes if only I had that one thing. Then I could do these others. That one thing is what drives us. Jesus declares that only one thing is needed. And yet Mary has chosen the better part, that which will not be taken away from her. Jesus and his disciples will come and go. There will be no more tasks for Mary to do with her hands or Martha, although that's debatable. Cars and jobs and relationships come and go. What remains is the experience, is the love that we shared. Mary is choosing to experience the very word of God, to bear witness to the Holy One. She is soaking it all in, savoring every moment she has with this one night with Jesus and his disciples. She takes time to love the teacher so that she can live the beliefs. She is studying the feet of Jesus so that she can walk the path of Jesus. She is focused on matters of the heart and then the hands. Where might she go? Will Jesus lead her on a walk with her sister and taking care of the household? Will she lead her with women and children fleeing north across the border because of violence? Will she join those in prayer in Moss, remembering those lost in New Zealand? Will she rejoin in rebuilding a home in Puerto Rico, the Philippines, or elsewhere? Wherever she goes from here, she now carries, not in her hands, but in her heart, the hope of the risen Christ, that which will be never taken away from her. You can hear her sing, I am confident of this one thing, that my eyes will be blessed when they gaze upon your beauty, that my lips will be sweet when they whisper words of praise, 
that my heart will be set to dancing when it knows that you are with me. And I will see your goodness in the land of the living. And the land of the living is where faith gets messy, where doubts swirl, where we have to choose between one good and another. Just remember that one thing which makes us fearless, the very word and love of God seated in our hearts. When all the work of our hands have long passed away, it is the work in our hearts that lasts forever, that no one can take away from us. May you take the time, like Mary, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to listen to the word of God, to be transformed by the love of God, so that wherever you go, you carry the very heart of God. Hallelujah. Amen. What if this time of worship is a gift to us? a time when we can temporarily forget our to-do lists or just set them aside for an hour along with the anxieties that dominate our everyday lives, a time when we can pay sacred attention to God by being fully present to one another. In that spirit, would you take the friendship pads found along the inside aisle, sign them and pass them back, and make note of the people who are worshiping around you in this moment. Please also stay after worship and linger for a little while at the coffee hour. Maybe talk with someone you don't know very well, even if you've attended this church for a long time. Introduce yourself to someone who seems new to you. Ask someone how their week is going. Guests, your contact information is helpful to us as we seek to reach out and give a fuller welcome on behalf of this faith community. And in particular, we would ask that you leave us your email address. We're not going to spam you, but we would like to have it so that we can send you a welcome message, tell you a little bit more about what's going on here, and connect you with some of our staff. If you'd like a name tag that you see others wearing, those are available on the sign-up section of our website, and we ask that everyone continue to wear those as we build community together. All that we have and all that we are is a gift from God. And so may we give today in thankfulness and with the assurance that anything we offer in these moments will contribute to the continuing growth of God's kingdom in the world. Will the ushers receive our gifts? Let us pray. Because we trust in your never-ending love, gracious God, we offer not only our thanks, but also our gifts, knowing that what you have done in the past, rescuing the lost, healing the broken, feeding the hungry, loving the poor, will continue to be accomplished through our gifts by your spirit. Bless all that we offer to you and all that we are. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I invite you to join your hearts with mine as we continue in prayer for the needs of this church and for the needs of the world and the whole human family. Our God, we give you thanks for those who have gone before us and from whose wisdom and questions and struggles to know you in their hearts we benefit. 
We thank you for the Marys and the Marthas of our lives and our church, for the gifts of new possibilities that await just there in spite of our distraction, for those who see things we cannot because of our fear, our inexperience, our unknowing. For those who wonder in ways that surprise us, invite us, and challenge us. For those who work so hard and continue to do so even when we take them for granted, when we neglect to treat them with justice or respect. Our God, we give you thanks that it is not all about us, that you continue to care and to love and to create possibilities of redemption and new life, not only here among us, but throughout your world. Help us to get over ourselves enough to be able to sit in your presence like Mary. Help us to have the humility and the courage to wonder, if only for a moment, if you are about something new. Help us to carry that same spirit of curiosity and discovery beyond these walls into the world in which we serve and which you love. So let us, in your name, dare to hope. Let us dare to hope that peace will spread in the Middle East in Yemen, in Venezuela, in New Zealand, and so many other places around the world and even in our own community. That there will be plenty for all and no child will go to sleep hungry and all children will find shelter. That gun violence and abuses of power will be absent from our seats of government, our schools, our homes. Let us dare to hope that you have not forgotten even us, even at this time and place in our lives that those who grieve would find solidarity and comfort, that those sick in mind, body, or spirit would find the healing that is only possible in you, that those struggling with addictions would find freedom from all that confines and entangles them, that those who are estranged in our polarized society and in our everyday relationships would find reconciliation, that you would make your presence known and assure us in our hearts of your grace as we entrust our cares and concerns to you in this moment. We only dare such seemingly impossible hopes because we seek the one thing that Mary found, because we sit in the presence of the one whose prayer we echo now, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.